Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. It's hour number two of Fantasy Sports Today. Plenty to get to, including a Monday night football preview. A lot on the line for fantasy owners, including me. And what in the world happened there in London? Did the Bengals come up short yet again, or do they cover in the back door, which they like to do? Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back. This is hour number two of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia with you here for the second hour. Full-time fantasy coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern with the latest and all of the injury updates around the NFL. Who could be in? Who could be out? At Craig Bish on Twitter, at Joe Pizzapia17. And, of course, our producer on this Monday, as always, is Sean Guastamafia. And as we continue our look at some of the games in fantasy, not the greatest fantasy game of all time between the Colts and the Broncos, which should shock no one because the Broncos never have a good fantasy game. And they usually bring the other team down to another bad fantasy game. It's not even that Denver's a really good team. It's just they slog their way through games and they run the ball and they eat the clock. And there's just almost no chance that when you play against Denver that you're going to get possessions that are going to equal three touchdowns. It's almost impossible. They just don't allow it because of the amount of times that they run the ball. And by the way, not always effectively either. But Adam Vinatieri, good game for him to come back and kick the game winner. He struggled a little bit in the game yesterday as well, but he did hit the winner. And that is the important thing. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, unfortunately, amongst all the quarterbacks of the NFL yesterday, almost a complete dud. 202 yards, not good for him. Marlon Mack showed up, 19 for 76. T.Y. Hilton was a pretty monster, both season-long and DFS bust yesterday. And on Denver's side, Joe Flacco did nothing. 174 for him. Uh, Freeman, 40 yards and a touchdown, okay. Lindsey, not much with 59. Sutton gave you his 10 points, which he normally does. Flacco, after the game, uh, said more than he said maybe in five years, basically saying that we got to go for it, we got to be more aggressive and can't be worrying about timeouts and worrying about other teams and we're two and six and what are we doing? And that was good to see from Joe Flacco because sometimes he doesn't give off the the best vibe when he's a quarterback <laughs> there. But uh, look, the Colts, uh, you know, they play so many of these games where it's just right down to the final possession. And that's what happened yesterday too. And, and Denver is at least showing some heart and they're staying in these games, but it's just been a brutal season for them, not because of wins and losses, but Joe, they've lost so many close games and so many games where they easily could have won if they would have just gotten a little bit more aggressive. So fantasy standpoint, whether you're, you're on the Broncos or against them, man, it's almost like a stay away game. And we saw that yesterday for the Colts. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Chris Meany and I talked about this a lot on the DFS show about you, you want to stay away from this game because the pace is going to be dragged down. We talked about the, you know, this is going to be one of those games that kind of gets played in the mud, even though it's on the turf. And you just you don't want to get involved in this from a fantasy perspective. Uh, it was good to see Marlon Mack uh, bounce back a little bit. That was important for him. Funny that Freeman got the touchdown there. Again, this split seems to be the split. So you're going to have a couple of big Lindsay weeks. But other than that, you're going to still get dragged down there. You mentioned Sutton, certainly consistency, even though he doesn't get a ton of catches. The guy makes the most of them. And that's all you want. And Joe Flacco's right. They should take some more shots. But even though Brissett did not have a great game, I mean, he's also coming off player of the week honors in the AFC last week. So I don't want to completely downer on Jacoby Brissett. 
And he made the biggest play that mattered. He made that play in the back of the end zone there where he came out and completed that big pass there. And um, the Colts, again, are one of these teams that have that that thin margin for error. They missed that field goal earlier in the game. Vinatieri came back and made that big one. He shaved the beard off too. I don't know if people have seen that recently. So maybe he's feeling a little younger, feeling a little bit more aerodynamic. But he got the game ball after the game as well. So the Colts are going to continue to be one of these teams. It's going to find ways to win football games. It's not always going to be great from a fantasy perspective, that's for sure. But in terms of what you're looking for out of good football, they're going to find a way to play good enough football to win games as long as Vinatieri kicks those field goals. That's the key for them. They can't have him miss anymore. That's going to kill them in games. And do you think the Broncos actually have the personnel to to go out there and be more aggressive? Because I look at the roster and I see guys like Deshaun Hamilton, like Cortland Sutton, like Noah Fant, and I think, why not give it a shot? Let's see what these kids can do and go for it, right? At this point, I think so. I, I I don't know what the what the holdback would be because trying to win games is just counterproductive. It's not helping you at all. You're out of it completely. So uh, maybe Flacco's comments uh, will go a long way. I don't know, but they should be trying to at least use some of these targets. They play in boring games. Like, nobody wants to see this, even if you're the home team at this point. So uh, look, Denver played well, but the way that they play well is just holding the ball and taking the clock down to one every time. It's just no fun to watch. And Fangio, I don't know if he's a great coach. I mean, definitely, they definitely need a better offensive mind in there. That's for sure. Uh, Rams beat the Bengals 27 to 10. Another one of those games that really I watched and wasn't worth watching. It was pretty much over from the beginning. Uh, Jared Goff, good game. 372, two touchdowns for him. Uh, Todd Gurley, as usual, uh, puts up his, his just basically standard 10 points, 10 carries, 44 yards. Looked like they were looking at him again on the sideline. Didn't carry the ball at all in the fourth. We'll have to see what happens if he plays or not. You guys know the story now with Gurley. It's uh, coming to an end for him. Uh, Henderson had 11 carries, 49 yards. Actually looked better. Caught some balls out of the backfield, too. Cup 7 for 220, which was the monster fantasy game of the day. Also scored a touchdown. Josh Reynolds was more involved than usual. 3 for 73 and a touchdown. Robert Woods was quiet, 2 for 36. Andy Dalton in garbage time, 3 for 29 and a touchdown. Mixon, 17 for 66. This Alex Erickson has really come on the scene lately. Probably should be owned in all leagues. Been thrown to a lot. Six for ninety-seven. Eifert six for seventy-four. Tate standard five for sixty-five. Boyd sta- Boyd standard six for sixty-five, and a near touchdown at the end of the game, which would have covered for the Bengals, which they seem to do every single week. They were on the four-yard line with no time left. They almost covered this game yet again. It's incredible the way that they play. They don't <laughs> it they is. don't play to win, but they play to cover. They certainly <laughs> nope. do. And uh, and again, the Rams are just kind of you know going through the motions against these bad teams. I'm not sold at all on them, and I'm not sold at all based on them beating Atlanta and Cincinnati. But again, the schedule is just so crazy in the NFL where there's like a dozen bad teams that you just get to play against. And that's my summary. The Rams play a good team. Here? I think they're going down. Look, I, I I don't disagree with you, and I, and I'll say this too. Uh, on Sunday, Mike Blewett asked me on the DFS show. He said, "Well, Todd Gurley's got the matchup against the Bengals team that gives up the most rushing yards to running backs." He said, "Are you excited for this matchup?" And I said, "No, I'm not. I, I know I should be, but I'm not because I feel like we've done this, and it's like deja vu where you say this is a great matchup for Gurley. This should be the game, and you know what? Uh, it wasn't. And then we did it again. It should be the game. Look, he's got a good matchup here. Good scenario coming off a good uh, two touchdowns, and no, it doesn't work out. And here we go. This was the perfect scenario here." especially with him up by a fair amount. You would think even in the fourth quarter, get some, you know, lean on him some more. Nothing, nothing. And this is it. You are right. It's over. I will stand by 100%. Look, it's great. He still gets a touchdown. That's terrific. That's still RB2 kind of thing, you know, in terms of return on investment there. But in terms of him being a superstar player, it's over. And I don't feel bad about taking the shot everywhere with him because you take the shot with a guy who could be the best overall player in football if he's right. He ain't right. He ain't right. The usage isn't right. And that's it. There's no way around it anymore. You have to accept what it is. And in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues, if you still own him, you've got to be looking to get out from under this quickly. You really got to figure out a smart way to do it. You, you, I don't even know if you can wait for the big game, quote unquote, because I don't know if the big game is coming this year. 
And I'll tell you this much. The Rams are another one of these teams in the NFC that we keep talking about. The NFC in December is going to be on fire, man. That's going to be like basically a whole month of playoffs because all these teams, I think, are right neck and neck. And I don't know who is going to pull away. The 49ers, are, I think, are out there right now. We'll see how they do the second half now that there's expectations. And the Saints are another team where I still think they are the best team in the NFC. But it's going to be fascinating to watch everybody fighting for wild card spots because there's a lot of competition in the NFC, way more than the AFC. Yeah, I think I'm the second the Rams play good teams, I'll start fading them. I'm not sold at all based on what I've seen the last. How could weeks. you not? How could you not fade them? I, I know they added Ramsey, and that's nice. And look, this was no, a they don't. Uh, this was a they must, if they can't run the ball, they're dead. Yeah, and I don't know. That I they agree. Can. Look, maybe this kid Henderson is the one. I mean, maybe maybe this is the answer that Henderson starts to become more of the offense because uh, they don't even throw the ball to Gurley. I mean, I don't even. I, I don't know what happened, but I know what happened. He got hurt. His they owe him a lot of money. Let's just put it that way. All right. <laughs> sure uh, coming do. up next, Chargers and Bears, uh, Seattle, Atlanta, both very, uh, both kind of close games, I would say. One that shouldn't have been close at all and ended up being. And then, of course, uh, the, the Chargers, a lot of discussion how they basically took the game away from the Bears, which the Bears give the game to the Chargers. We'll talk about that next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, I like fantasy sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. The Bears were four and a half point favorites over the Chargers going into their game yesterday. And yes, you may ask yourself the question, how could the Bears be favorites over anyone in the NFL? Fair question. Even with it being against the Chargers, Rivers threw for 201 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, Melvin Gordon actually scored eight for 31 and a touchdown. (laughs) So if you played him, congrats. Uh, Eckler in a bad game still got you about 10 points. Okay, so not a great rushing game for him. But at the end of the year, you'll look back and say, thank goodness I had him. Keenan Allen was questionable for the game. He caught seven balls, 53 yards and tweeted out that he apologized to fantasy owners after the game, which was nice. Mike Williams, three for 69. Okay, fine. Uh, for the Bears, <laughs> Eddie Pinero uh, was has been really good to this point for the Bears. He was not good yesterday. Missed a couple of field goals, including one to end it. Some very strange play calling where uh, with 40 seconds left in the half, the Bears didn't even try. They just took knees. It was bizarre. They didn't try to move the ball up to give Pinero a better field goal attempt. The coach is basically deflecting. Uh, Chubisky, 253, no touchdowns, one pick. They made the uh, onus to get the ball off into David Montgomery, and for the first time all season long, the guy looked like the guy that everyone said that he was going to be. For the first time, it only took eight weeks, but he did it. 27 carries, 135 yards, and a touchdown. He also had four catches. If this guy does half of this the rest of the season, it would be fantastic. Maybe this is the beginning. I don't know. I never would have predicted it, but here we are. Maybe Montgomery's a factor now. Uh, Anthony Miller, three for 68. Robinson, five for 62. Neither of these teams are going anywhere this season. The Bears have been the uh, not the equivalent to the Browns in the AFC, but kind of close in terms of disappointments because they have that great defense, but they just can't get anything going on offense. And Nagy, most people said was, uh, you know, the creative influence behind what they did in Kansas city with the chiefs. And there's zero creativity with the bears. I, I, it is baffling to me 
If you told me that Montgomery would have had this game, I would have bet the Bears won by two touchdowns. And instead, they lost. Weird game, Joe. Yeah, and it wasn't like he was, oh, well, you know, Matt Patrick Mahomes made him look really good. <laughs> you know, this was that was back with Alex Smith when he was there. So, you know, let's let's realize that Nagy is a really good offensive mind. I don't know what's going on here. I, I can only assume that it's just we have to hang it on Trubisky. And I don't want to blame Pinheiro for missing the field goal in the big spot there. I mean, you know, when he, when it comes down to those kind of games and those spots, he's been good. He's made some clutch field goals for them. So let's not get on him. Let's Let's get on everybody else. But I am so frustrated that I benched Montgomery after last week. I just couldn't do it anymore. Seven weeks, and uh, I got beat up here. And then what does he do? He has this game, and I'm pissed about it. And, I, and I'm even more pissed I dropped him in a league where wow. I'm never going to get him back now. I did wow, that's because I had a well, I had a crunch there where I needed running back help, and I had you know nowhere else to go, basically. So I had no choice. I was like, you know what? I, I got to go. I ha- have to find some other help here because this is not working out. And sure enough, there's the big game, though. So very frustrating. I am, however, the Chargers whisperer. I will say that because Mike Randall and I on the Line Star app wagering show that I host with him, uh, I've, I picked when they lose and I pick when they win. I picked them to win outright against the Bears this week, which I was not concerned at all. I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like the Chargers are a better team on the road. They still have a ton of problems. But at the same time, if you watch what's happening with the Bears, they're letting running backs score. They're letting Josh Jacobs run amok on them. They're letting Latavius Murray run amok on them. Uh, Gordon didn't exactly run amok, but certainly had some good runs that mattered. And the Bears just seem like a team that has no identity. It should be the defense. It should be running the football down your throat. Maybe they're going to go into this and maybe we're going to see the 27 carries again. I doubt it. I doubt that's what's going to happen for Montgomery. But are you thinking that they are starting to really question whether or not Trubisky is this guy for that? Of course, like, of course. Starting to? <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Well, because I think as an organization, you go, look, you're going to take your lumps. Some guys are going to have setbacks. But now you're in year three, and this is that crucial year. I want to say that we were in not that long ago with Mariota and Winston. Everybody gave him that fourth year, and this was the fourth year, and it's been trash, right? So where are we now with Trubisky? Do you think he gets that extra year? Because you have, have to assume he does based on what you gave up for him, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't know that he could continue to play like this. No, I don't think so. I think they would at least have to bring in a vet to have some competition. It's incredible. I but mean, again, you have this game from Montgomery and you lose. Like I, that's that's what's shocking here. The, like the guy actually yesterday looked like okay. I'm like, all right. So this is what I was that's waiting the guy for. That we, I kept one, talking about two, for three months. Yeah, that's the guy. But it, but no, I mean he's done nothing. I mean, look, anybody who had him this year, it's a busted pick. I mean, you can't you can't just start in week eight and start planting flags saying, yeah, I told you. I mean, like it was it's a no, I'm terrible. not gonna a flag. What did I say? I told you I dropped him in a league. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm it's completely it's transparent. A, it, it was a ter- no, but I mean, I see people's oh my god, you know, now he's great. I told you from the beginning. I just, I mean, you got to be nuts. I mean, he gave you. Well, nothing I think the talent is that good, but I I can't. I'm not even sure about that still. I think the talent is pretty good. I do. I, I like I Montgomery. We'll see. Oh, listen, if, if he if he's good the rest of the way, look at your team and hope you're not two and five or two and six. But in all likelihood, if you drafted him as high as most people did, you probably are not faring well. Uh, Seattle ended up beating uh, Atlanta 27 to 20, but they were up 24 nothing. I don't know what in the world happened to Seattle's defense in the second half. I thought this game was going to be like 51 nothing. Uh, Russell Wilson did not play that great. 280 and two touchdowns. He looked fantastic early. And then again, they just like it was second half, run the ball, run the ball, punt. Weird. Uh, Chris Carson, 20 for 90 and a touchdown lock at six for 100. DK Metcalf had two touchdowns. Matt Schaub had the most passing yards of anyone yesterday. Who saw that coming? 460, one touchdown, one interception. Devontae Freeman gave the game away. 39 yards rushing, fumbled on the goal line. 
Uh, Julio <laughs> Jones, 10 catches, 152 yards. Phenomenal game for him. Schaub targeted him a lot. Hooper has been the best tight end in fantasy this year. Six for 65 and a touchdown. Ridley, four for seven. And uh, I want to just mention this kid who I'll be picking up in all my leagues this week. Brian Hill looked really good uh, behind Devonta Freeman. I could see this kid getting some touches and some carries, and I'm going to circle this name for the rest of the year. Three catch, three carries, 29 yards, and a touchdown. He's explosive. Uh, I don't see him as a 20-carry guy, but I definitely want to make sure that I put his name out there because I will be trying to add this guy. Looks way better than Freeman does. And uh, and has a little giddy up. So I want to mention him as well. But Seattle is really this is a disappointing game for them. And they were crushing Atlanta. I don't know. They could not get to the quarterback ever at all in the game. It was like embarrassing how they let Seattle doesn't have killer instinct. Wouldn't you agree on that? I feel like that's what's lacking on this team. They don't not that killer instinct. I just don't think they they have a good defense. The defense is not good. But you can't put teams away if you don't play good defense and they don't put teams away. And I think that's something that's going to limit their ability in the playoffs. If indeed they do make the playoffs, which I assume they will get there it somehow seems that way. Yeah, because Wilson's going to figure out a way. The big takeaway for me is watching Chris Carson in this game because Carson looked fantastic. You know, this is a guy, too, that I don't know if anybody saw coming a couple years ago. You know, and I feel like in fantasy, this happens a lot where we. You know, we spend a lot of time on a lot of players with a lot of hype. And then there's a guy like Chris Carson who comes around and he just doesn't give up the job. And then he grows in the role and it becomes a, a guy and a thing. And he's a thing right now. And the way they use him in this offense, it's definitely a thing. And Chris Carson, I feel better about the floor of Chris Carson every week than I do about, I don't know, probably 75% of the rest of the running backs out there. I just feel yeah. like you know what you're getting every week. And now that the fumbles have gone away. It's a big, big deal for him. And yeah, nobody saw that Schaub game coming. I had to pick up Schaub in a couple of Superflex leagues because quarterback waiver wire is barren. Well, I had to because I was a Matt Ryan owner and I was like, oh, and I got that news on Friday, Saturday. Like, oh, geez, where am I going with this? And you threw up Schaub. Didn't have a lot of touchdowns, but 460 is 460. Oh, take, take that. Yeah, yeah, but you're, sure. you're not wrong about Hill. Hill certainly has explosiveness. Uh, no Edo Smith to worry about. That's that's certainly helpful. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna target this kid. I'm definitely well, gonna more than anything kid. too. I don't know if you saw Arthur Blank's comments after the game, which is we need to start making decisions that are f- better for the future. So we know when you start hearing those, that's something out there. Now Freeman's contract is a little iffy there. I wonder if he gets moved on from too. That could be another guy potentially if the deal is right. But man, oh man, I, I mean the Falcons have got to be one of the most disappointing teams. Another one in seventeen. The NFL really is the haves and have nots. How did this they year. beat Philly? That was a cra- I mean, that's a crazy. I told you it bounced the wrong way because Philly's another one of these teams that doesn't put teams away necessarily. They just they don't have that thing, and it's very frustrating. But this is supposed to be a parody league, right? That's what they that's what they look for. This is the least amount of parody I remember seeing in the NFL for quite some time, where there were so many teams that looked like gold and teams that look like trash. Would you agree with that? Or do you think I'm being hyperbolic here? No, it, it, it's a, yeah, it's, it's that kind of league. Yeah. It's a have or a have. I don't want a hot take radio. You, I know you don't like that. I don't want to get kicked no, off it feels the show, that way. but I feel no, like it is. It feels that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, Hill had a wild finish to a game in college. I remember him playing at Wyoming um, over the course of his two-year career. Not a lot of uh, sample, but is averaging six yards a carry. So just keep an eye on him moving forward. All right, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. Eagles and Bills coming up next. And uh, Chiefs Packers, which certainly had its uh, share of twists and turns. Don't go away. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com 
Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn for the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy sports projections, including the NHL, for DFS line combinations, and you can build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing Daily Fantasy Hockey without using Daily Roto, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. It is DailyRoto.com where millionaires are made. And welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. I spent a lot of my Saturday watching college football, uh, some exciting games, including uh, Oklahoma going down to Kansas State, which kind of puts them out of the championship picture as the week goes on. Yeah, that was an unexpected result. And basically, it came right down to the end. Kansas State went up real big. Oklahoma's defense, that's what's killed them through the years as they get through the season. And all of a sudden, they play in this one game, give up a ton of points. Jalen Hurts was amazing. Uh, but Oklahoma looks like they are out at this point. So we await one week from Saturday, the game of the decade, LSU, Alabama, 3.30 Eastern. Uh, can't wait for that one. Unfortunately, this week in college football is not great, except for my Gators playing against Georgia. So that'll be the game of the week in college. Without a doubt, one team has a shot. One team will get knocked out. Uh, okay, speaking of having a shot, the Bills were a very slight favorite against the Eagles. And the Eagles just basically with their back against the wall took it to Buffalo in a surprising result. Uh, Wentz, 172 yards and a touchdown. It was all on the ground for Buffalo or for uh, Philly, which was surprising. 41 for 218 on the ground. Jordan Howard, 96 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders looked great again. Uh, Doesn't get the workload, but just makes the most of everything, although he was hurt in this game. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Three for 74 on the ground. Three for 44 through the air. A great fantasy game for him. Alshon Jeffrey forced it for 64, and that was pretty much it on the side of the Eagles. On the side of the Bills, Josh Allen, 169 yards, two touchdowns, also rushed for a number of yards, so that was good. Uh, Nothing for Frank Gore yesterday. That was disappointing. Nine for 34. Singletary, not even worth discussing, really, at this point. He's just not playing. Well, it's also Uh, the best rush defense in the league, pretty much. So Fletcher Cox uh, has played out of his mind. So we do have to give them a little credit. You know what I mean? When when Minnesota has to... Just find something next week to tell me why he doesn't do anything next week. Just uh, throw it out there. No, no, I'm talking about Gore, too. I'm talking about the... I'm talking about collectively. I'm telling you, nobody was getting... This was another big highlight of Sunday's shows was... Don't go don't go thinking that you're going to get anything in season long. And this was something Jim Day and I talked about on that. Don't go thinking you get anything in season long for the Bills this week. This is not Dalvin Cook, you know, rushing 14 times and still getting some points there. That is not going to happen most of the time with the Eagles. You're going to beat the Eagles through the air and the Bills failed to do that. But go ahead. Continue on. OK, no, uh, listen, that's uh, they yeah, are there. Fletcher Cox is out of his mind right now. That's how good he's playing. Right, He's just crazy good right now. And that whole offense, uh, that whole defensive line has been fantastic against the run. They wish they could have somebody in the secondary, but they don't. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Yeah, they're eighth in the NFL. I see here. So pretty good. Um, OK, so uh, John Brown, three for 54. Cole Beasley uh, got back into the action, three for 41 and a touchdown. And uh, look, I mean, this was a game that the Bills were supposed to win. The line, the point spread kind of told the story here uh, with them only being a point and a half favorite, which was a little bizarre because you know clearly I think that Buffalo is probably the better team than Philadelphia. But on this day, even with those wins, uh, a lot of people thought the game would be a very low scoring game. It was not. And off the game on Sunday night where, 
look, Philly season's already in jeopardy, no doubt, after losing to Dallas like they did a week ago. But they did bounce back. They're probably going to have to win almost every game, I would think, for the rest of the year close to it. Uh, Buffalo's in a, still in a pretty good position, even with that loss. I wouldn't be depressed if I was a Bills fan. No, I, look, I, I think you're frustrated if you're a Bills fan because the Bills can't afford to lose winnable games. And this was a winnable game for them. This is a game when you're at home, you should win those games. And this one just just got away. And the Eagles are another one of these teams like the Chargers. They're very frustrating. You don't know who's going to show up week to week. You don't know what's going to be. It was great to see Miles Sanders break off that huge run. And again, I want to emphasize run. <laughs> they actually handed them the football. And then, of course, he has a shoulder injury. Now, so far, the x-rays were negative. That's a positive on him. However, he is going for an MRI Monday, so we'll see what happens with that, if there's any lingam damage or anything else. But just when you see this kid starting to show a little life, the last thing you want is to have an injury. He was going to miss some time. So that's very frustrating. But Carson Wentz is another guy, too. Look, he, you know, they, they did enough here to win this football game. It was not a pretty game by any stretch of the means. I don't think we could say that. But Buffalo was going to have their hands tied. And, yes, in terms of ranking, you're yeah, right. The Eagles are ranked ninth overall in terms of the yardage but i will after watching some of these off these defensive lines here the bucks have been absolutely brilliant yes they 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 were the one of the few teams that could stop or slow down christian mccaffrey the saints have played great but i'll put that eagles front against any of these guys like the bears i'll put them against the texans front now i'll put them against even the patriots front i really will the defensive line wise i will take the eagles over all of those including the ravens who are all ahead of them in rankings right now in terms of totals but in terms of watching what they're doing I think it's absolutely it's the Bucks, the Saints and the Eagles is the top three. Uh, depressing day for the Raiders yesterday. They led this game uh, from the beginning all the way down right until the end. And uh, and Deshaun Watson under immense pressure, almost being tackled, just hauled one up in the back of the end zone. And he found his tight end, Darren Fells. And that's how the Texans beat the Raiders yesterday. Really, Raiders played well two games in a row. Actually, the Raiders have played well, just made some key mistakes at the end of the game. Uh, we'll start with Houston. Watson was great again. 279 yards passing, three touchdowns. He had 46 yards rushing. Hyde didn't do much in the first half, but he was very good in the second half. 19 for 83 there. Hopkins, same story. Not much in the first half. Six catches in the second half. 11 for 109. Fells has been a pretty solid tight end, shockingly, this year. Six for 58 and two touchdowns. Uh, Duke Johnson also scored a touchdown through the air. Kenny Stills was more or less a non-factor, three for 22. Uh, side of the Raiders, Carr gave a great game uh, for a lot of people. Some long touchdowns, too, in this one. 285 and three uh, passing touchdowns on the ground. Josh Jacobs, 15 for 66. They were clearly monitoring his workload. Something's up with his shoulder, without a doubt. Uh, Washington had five carries for 23 yards. Tyrell Williams hadn't played in a few weeks. He caught a uh, 46-yarder, including a touchdown, three for 91. Renfro also had a long touchdown, a 65-yarder, four for 88, and Darren Waller did score and saved the day. He was targeted a bunch of times. Uh, Carr just couldn't uh, connect with him. Uh, I feel bad for the Raiders in this one, Joe. They went to Houston. They played as well as they possibly could. Uh, you know, Watson made an unbelievable play. I feel like we're saying that every week where he's about to fall down, the game's going to be over, and he just throws it straight up in the air, tight end catches it, and wins. And that's kind yeah. of uh, how Houston won. It is. Uh, you know, it, there was so much Kenny Stills chalk out there in the DFS world yesterday, and I kept trying to warn people against it a little bit because it was just it was so prevalent. I mean, you couldn't hit anything without somebody talking about Kenny Stills. And the, my concern was, uh, what if it comes QT or what if it comes somebody else? It turned out to be Fells, and that was not the guy I was expecting it to be. But you're right. Fells is one of these guys that catches a touchdown. You catch a touchdown. You're a tight end one that week, and he's certainly been a guy that has found uh, connectivity with Deshaun Watson, who played a fantastic game. And on the other side of this one, too, I think if you're the Raiders, you take that you're a young team and you're competing. 
And yeah, some of these losses suck, but my God, the schedule sucks for these guys too. This is not the fifth out of the six games they played on the road in a row. I mean, it's it's really brutal, the schedule for them, yeah, including for them. London in there too. This was not fair at all. And I don't want to like talk about fairness and all this stuff. You know, you got to play who's on the schedule, blah, blah, blah. But it's really not fair to have a team go on the road five of six games. And for a young team here, the fact that they've competed, they had that big win there in London, which I thought was terrific for them. I think this is a team that even in losses is gaining confidence. Now they have to stay healthy. They cannot afford to lose Josh Jacobs for an extended period of time. So you hope that he's okay. It does not look like he's healthy. It looks like he's trying to play through it. And that's a concern too, not just for fantasy owners, but for anybody who's got money on him for rookie of the year too, because it becomes an immediate incomplete if he finishes the year just kind of like this, where he's just trying to get through the season. If that's the case, that is not a good look for him the rest of the year or for the Raiders for that matter. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully he's okay. Uh, Seahawks, Falcons, we already uh, you know, kind of broke that one game down. It really, it, it felt like the same sort of game where Raiders led the whole time and and then in the end, um, you know, Houston won. And, and Atlanta didn't certainly win that game, but they both kind of had the same feel to it for sure. Uh, in terms of the last game that we haven't discussed, which was the Sunday night game, and uh, and look, at this point, I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league. I mean, this guy just doesn't matter who is in his lineup. The guy just keeps doing it. Now, again, this came down right to the end. It easily could have been a Chiefs win. But LaShawn McCoy, with probably the biggest fumble of the season for any team, gave the ball over to Aaron Rodgers through a touchdown pass game over. Rodgers, three touchdowns, 300 yards, uh, 305 yards passing. A monster, monster game for Aaron Jones. 13 for 67 on the ground. Seven for 159 and two touchdowns through the air. What a beast this guy has been this year. And uh, and playing Valdez Scanling for me has been the nightmare of all nightmares. I play him. He does nothing. I don't play him. He does great. One catch, four yards. Ouch. Uh, Kansas City, Matt Moore, 267, two touchdowns. Looks pretty good. Their defense couldn't stop anyone. McCoy only had 40 yards. I would expect him not to play anymore. Damian Williams, seven carries, 30 yards, touchdown. Maybe it's time to start buying in on him again. Could be the case. Uh, Hill, six for 76. Kelsey, four for 63 and a touchdown. Hardman also had a touchdown. And Watkins returned from a couple of weeks off. Uh, for five for 45 in this one. So uh, Kansas City had their chances, Joe. It's just defensively, they couldn't stop anyone. I was actually surprised late in the game, fourth down and three, they decided to punt, giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. He scored a touchdown. That kind of ended things, but uh, you know, to me, it was uh, Shady McCoy's fumble, Joe. That was the key. I don't think we'll see him anymore. And I, and I think Damian Williams, if he was cutting your league, or even Daryl Williams, I would get back on that train. I think it's over for McCoy. Yeah, uh, look, I, this is a team that's desperate for some running back help. And uh I'll tell you what, the Packers, you look at Aaron Jones. I remember talking to Mike Tagliere of Fantasy Pros uh, when I had him on Black Book Pod, and we like to do this thing where in drafts where we like to look ahead and say, okay, who can you see that's not going the first round, even late first round right now, that you think next year will be? And his guy was Aaron Jones, and he made a lot of good comments and reasons why. And if you look at Aaron Jones right now about halfway through the season, he's on pace for about 900 plus yards. He's on pace for 16 touchdowns. That probably won't be the case. Right. <laughs> won't quite get there, but still, if he gets to, let's say a thousand yards and even 12 touchdowns on top of uh, right now, he's got 34 receptions already. I mean, if he gets 60 and another 300 yards on top of that, that would be 600 yards. We're talking a 1600 all purpose season. We're talking. That's a guy that's going to go in the middle of the first round without a doubt next year. Yeah, Jones has been first-round talent, no question. Um, he's been awesome. The question is, is that, uh, you know, how much will Williams be involved in the game plan? The Packers at this point are 7-1, and 3-0 and on the road, 
And uh, well, Williams will be involved, especially, you know, I feel like it's OK. I feel like his disdain for the rest of his receivers means that Williams is just another receiver to him in his mind. You know, and when Devontae Adams comes back, that's that's the only thing to kind of throw a wrench in the stop. But we're still not there yet. So we'll wait and see. All right. So uh, th- that's basically covers all of the game capsules. We went through them all. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that and give you the fantasy perspective as to what is going on in fantasy football. When we come back next, it's time to dive into the injury report and give you a Monday Night Football preview. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today as we are back here on the show. Joe Pizzapia and Craig Mish. And uh, updating an earlier story in terms of the NFL, Kenyon Drake is headed to the Arizona Cardinals. And Joe, they play on Thursday night. And so... uh, Look, this trade was done over the weekend, so it had really nothing to do with the injury to uh, Edmonds. And I got to tell you, like, I'm worried more about David Johnson after seeing how this worried. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I think he must, he, he must be seriously hurt, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if you're David Johnson owner right now, this is this is the worst because this just tells you a lot. Well, I think we already kind of knew that because they brought in Zenner and Alfred Morris already last week so how many running backs can they have on the roster at one time it tells you that there's definitely concern there not only for Edmonds but definitely for David Johnson and what's starting to stack up to be I don't want to call him a one-year wonder but it's starting to feel kind of like that he had another one good season there but David Johnson is another one of these guys where I don't know you look back on it you go what could have been what could have happened had he stayed healthy but that doesn't seem to be the case and I'd be hard-pressed to see him there next year I think you're going to see a lot of different players over there And if you are right and Arizona maintains their ability to be competitive, they have every reason to let Kingsbury continue to pick and choose how he wants to do this because that's that's the best course of action. So for Kenyon Drake's value, what does this mean to you? It means nothing, but it goes back to what I said earlier in the show is that I I think that Arizona coming off the year that they had last year, they want to show some fight. They want to try to get to seven or eight wins. They're not going to be at the bottom. And so this it does make a lot of sense. Um, you know, Edmonds being out gives Drake a chance to get ready for Thursday for sure. Uh, I would think that his value, if Edmonds is out and Johnson is out, I mean, does he have flex value? I, I suppose he could. He's a talented running back. It's just I'm not sure above the neck he's the the sharpest tool. So, like, I just I, I'll, I'll assume. Well, look, let's run through it because the buys, you got the Falcons on a buy next week. So you're not going to have Devontae Freeman. Oh, no Joe darn. Mixon. Well, I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm not talking about. Oh, darn it. You're right. It's not like it's thr- none of these guys are thrilling, but they're guys that you're running out there every week. No Mixon, no Freeman, uh, who, by the way, Freeman is still uh, we already went through this in terms know, of where he ranked. I let's know. not go back there again. Joe Mixon, no Todd Gurley. And no Saints running back. So no Kamara, no Latavius Murray. So, yeah, I mean, he could he uh, this Thursday. I don't know. That's pretty optimistic. To well, think he's that. playing the 49ers, so I wouldn't be super. Yeah, optimistic yeah, about no, it. No, no, no. yeah not but I'm just saying somebody's going to have to pick him up and, and plug him in there. Somebody's going to have to. Sorry. Like it's it's coming. Yeah. And not even a, an announced draft pick. That's just that's terrible. <laughs> they didn't get any. Basically, nothing. 
That's like that's like that's like maybe a six, depending on what he does. But if you if you're the Dolphins, you take it, right? Uh, take yeah, it, maybe I mean, use they, that. They basically, they basically sounds like they got nothing. That's what it sounds like. But they had oh. to do it. I mean, he was he's a free agent. They were not going to re-sign him. There was no point. Good for so Walton, that, though. That, that good for good. Walton's value tonight, too. <laughs> hey, it is. I got somebody who just now asked me on Twitter. I've got, I'm up by you know ten. The other guy's got Juju. I got to start one of these guys. Would you start Benny Snell or Walton? I'm starting Walton. So over Benny Snell, of course. Yeah, of course. Listen, Walton's now a it's clear. Walton's a nothing man. He might be a nothing, but he's a nothing. He's going to get to catch the ball fourteen times. He's going to touch the ball fourteen times tonight. I'm Mark telling Walton. you, I, Miami's going to cover tonight. I'm telling Maybe. you right now. Maybe Miami's going they to could, absolutely cover. I don't care. I'll, you realize I'll go, Mark I'm on Walton record. Here we go. Completely cut by the Bengals. Mark Walton. It's fine. Yeah. So was Wes Welker was cut by the Dolphins. How that you're going to make that comparison? No, but I'm saying guys get cut all the time and end up somewhere else and become useful. It happens in the NFL. Yeah, but it's, that will not, not to pretend like it doesn't. I know, but sometimes you got to look beyond just the guys getting the carries. This is like the Ty Johnson conversation. You know, it's like the, the, the guy is a nothing. He's never been anything. The only thing he's done has been arrested a bunch of times. That's it. Nothing. Well, else. that's something. <laughs> is he from Florida? <laughs> yes, he went to Miami. <laughs> yes, he's a Florida man. Can we have Florida woman tomorrow. Is tomorrow? Florida I don't know that I have enough content that I could find that. Oh, stop. Really? Florida woman? I don't know. They don't have I want you to at least try. I'll, th- I'll try to th- throw one in, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to do a whole segment. I'm hard pressed to think that we can't get an entire just for one day, a Florida woman segment like I, there's got to be. It's got to be enough crimes out there. There's some crazy people down there. Could be. All right. Let's update the injury report. So that's the latest on Arizona's running backs. Uh Fortunately for Edmonds, who has a hamstring, is questionable for Thursday night. My guess is he doesn't play. And if did it matter even going against San Francisco? Probably not. They, they're going to get throttled. J.J. Uh, Watt, we mentioned him earlier in the show. He is out for the season. Miles Sanders is having an MRI on his shoulder. And that's good news for Howard, clearly, who played well last week. Bad news for Sanders. We'll have to see what happens there. Uh, Cooks is in the concussion protocol, the wide receiver on the Rams. Uh, Matt Breida hurt his ankle. Aaron Jones left the game, clearly came back and was fine. So there's really no injury issue with him. And then again, uh, we talked about Houston losing a bunch of defensive players. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But anything that sticks out to you here as being interesting, compelling in terms of uh, well, frustrating from Cooks because, you know, he had just gotten back healthy and now he's out again. So I think Cooks was one of these guys people drafted. You know, it's very funny. You had a choice because Woods, Cooks, and Cup were practically right on top of each other in every ADP. I mean, they were like a couple players separating them at best. And everybody had a take on who they liked best. I was a Cooper Cup guy. Some people like Woods better. Some people like Cooks because he's the home run hitter. Cooks has definitely been the bust of the three for sure. I mean, just from the ability to stay on the field this year has been very frustrating. It's not the first time he's had these issues, too. He had these issues back when uh, he played for the Patriots, too. So very frustrating there. Miles Sanders is a very frustrating thing, too. Now, hopefully, hopefully this MRI is precautionary because if the x-rays were good and everything checks out okay, worst case scenario is I want to say that they're part of that giant bye week, week 10. So if he misses this week, okay, you get the bye week next week, you get him back healthy for which you're hoping is that eventual run into the playoffs if you are a playoff team. So uh, that's obviously from a fantasy standpoint, something to keep in mind. And in terms of the Breida one, that means go look at that. Most start shares are going to be out there, and there's enough to go around in the way the 49ers run that football, especially with the short week coming up. That makes Mostert even more appealing because you know with the Breida injury, Mostert's going to be a part of this. And Tevin Coleman's going to be Tevin Coleman. 
but Mostert's going to get a, a good enough share to be fantasy relevant as a flex, in my opinion. It could be. Uh, that's that's one to keep an eye on, especially for Thursday. We'll know more about that tomorrow. Uh, Monday night football tonight, Joe, Dolphins and the Steelers. So uh, 18 points for Connor is what I don't need to happen. If Connor has less than 18 points, I survive. And then, I, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to stay alive in this week with this trash roster that I have. But either way, I'm happy that I got this far. Uh, but I'll be rooting against that. Lost in both of my other fantasy leagues this week. So it was a terrible week overall for me. Uh, but uh, look, I, the Dolphins are getting 14 points. You, I, I will take the Dolphins along with you tonight. But there's a Mason reason why it's 14. That team by two touchdowns. Is that what we're supposed to believe? Really? Really? Maybe. I don't know. You're the guy all year telling me about how bad Mason Rudolph is. <laughs> I don't listen, I, but the Dolphins are historically bad, Joe. I know, like, but they've played, is... they've played better of late. They're not good, but they have played better. And you know what? It's nothing like a good old-fashioned Monday Night Football game to get everybody riled up a little bit and say, hey, you know, it's Monday Night Football, and you maybe get the juices flowing a little bit. I'm not saying that Dolphins are going to win the football game, but 14 is a lot for a Steelers team that has a ton of issues. I would think so, too. But again, there's a reason the line is 14 and not seven and not eight and not nine and not 10. So <laughs> I don't feel good about it. But, you know, last week I felt good about taking the who was it on Monday night? The Jets plus all those points that did not work out. All right. So um, that's the story with football. Let's get back to baseball here for a minute. The Pittsburgh Pirates, interestingly enough, earlier today, Joe, uh, they now this is a crazy one. OK, so they fired their uh, president, their team president and then gave a vote of confidence to their general manager, Neil Huntington. And then Neil Huntington proceeded to hold interviews with managers. And you guys may have saw that I reported one of those interviews last week was with Dodgers first baseman, first uh, base coach, George Lombard. Uh, he uh, Huntington had all of these interviews with these managers. Now they're saying that they're stopping the interview process and going to reset it and start all over again with a new general manager. So, I mean, man, like you thought that this season went sour when this whole Felipe Vasquez thing happened. I mean, that was the most horrific thing that I thought I saw all season long, and it is. But what is the function or dysfunction that is going on with the Pirates to give a vote of confidence to their GM, allow him to start doing interviews for managers, and then after he does a handful of them, then fire the guy? Weird stuff going on in Pittsburgh. Well, I got to ask you a question. You probably know better than me. Does ownership sit in on all those meetings with the GM running them? Not always, no. But is that is that something that even happens sometimes? Could you be sitting oh, in there it, it and does, the ownership does, goes, you know, we really it, like this guy, and he goes, nah, I don't like him so much, and eventually they go, you know what, enough of this dude. Uh, it, do, it does happen. I know that the the uh, the Phillies owner was in on all of the, the interviews right. with, uh, with, with, but it, look, it's, it's a case-by-case situation, and in this particular case, the owner was not, but it was only the first interviews here, Joe. Like usually what happens is, and you see this, the guys go back for a second interview. For example, the Giants are having their second interviews with guys this week too. But it is weird to have the GM start that process and fire him. That is bizarre. There's, You're right. there's no way around that. Well, I mean, is it any, what's weirder? <laughs> is it weirder to have that happen? Or is it weirder for Adam Gase to get hired, have the draft, and then fire the GM after that? Because that's what the Jets did. That's so probably that's probably that's weirder. the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. I think that's even weirder. How do you let a GM run a draft in the NFL? The draft might be one of the most crucial things you can have at that time. And you let him hire a coach and then the coach mouths off about not only free agency, but the draft too. And then next thing you know, he's gone. That makes no sense to me. But do you think Huntington, his 
fate was sealed basically after that archer trade went south you know when you lose meadows and glass now and guys that you want you would think were the building blocks of the future and everybody kept saying were and you dealt both of them in one deal uh, for chris archer who obviously has not worked out and archer has been bad no doubt and archer had been better in tampa there's no doubt about that either but do you think that was kind of the the end coming you could just see it kind of starting to get to this point that was the end but the end was watching what you saw in the world series last night i think that was the end I think seeing Garrett Cole do what he did last night in the World Series in a critical spot, well, another that's true too. that they traded. Yeah, I think that that I, I think that that trade didn't look good, <laughs> and the owner can't could not have been watching that game last night thinking, "Oh, this is a good." <laughs> like, like you basically gave away the MVP of the World Series. They're one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna guess a confluence of of things for sure, but again, I can't I can't state enough how strange it is to fire the team president and then start an interview search and waste some of these guys time to come fly to Pittsburgh. No, it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then now what? Like what? I guess now? better to do it now before he hires them. Right. Before you, you hire the guy you don't want. I guess I but really you, but you probably wasted this. the time of a lot of guys who may not get second interviews and wonder how they or, did even in their first interview. Or maybe ownership really likes a guy and there was conflict and they just couldn't handle it anymore. They said, you know what? This is just, you know, this is not the direction we want to go in. And, and when you said watching last night's game, you didn't mean the girls in the front row who are flashing. No, I did see that, though. Okay. No, I did see that. that yeah. I, I did not see that until this morning. And I went, oh, that's funny. <laughs> like, of all the things I've seen at baseball games, I remember a lot of wacky things happening. You see the guy dresses up like the umpire or the guy who, you know, like you've seen a lot of wacky things. I've not seen that. And all these years, you think you would have seen it more. It's so, true. Uh, yeah. How yeah about and, then, that? and then one of the girls posted that she received a letter from Major League Baseball. I'm assuming that was fake, right? Like, there's, I mean, you can't, you, they got a letter within four hours of the game ending. Like, how does that happen? What they, what, how'd they uh, deliver I, it? <laughs> what, like, <laughs> like, like, is this like Doc Brown sending the letter to, to uh, Marty McFly, like right after the, he got out of the DeLorean? Well, it's a letter, like an email. I mean, I guess if you no, like a real it, letter, like a handwritten letter. Like she posted. <laughs> was it an invitation? No. <laughs> no, it was not. It was your banned for life from going to baseball games. Uh, how do they how do they do that, by the way? How do you ban somebody for life? Going yeah, to exactly. Games? You can't. Like, There's a dumb banning somebody for life. Is like, you're telling okay. me that yeah, I, I, I'm not going to use the Marlins, but you're telling me that this girl doesn't show up to the Tampa Bay Rays game. and They're not going to take her money for a ticket. Come on. Of course they will. Of course they will. <laughs> I mean, come on. Ridiculous. They'll pay her to go sit there. Especially sure if she does that. Ridiculous conversation. <laughs> All right, uh, we got coming up next, we have our exit velocity and then full-time fantasy standing by, and I'm sure they'll have more reaction and hopefully not overreaction to this Kenyon Drake to Arizona deal. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, time to end the show. And as we always do, especially here on a Monday, we'll end the show with a little exit velocity. I feel the need, the need for speed. Exit velocity. Nice velocity. 
No game in baseball tonight. We'll have game six tomorrow of the World Series. And, of course, the game will be in Houston. But what is the lesson that you would learn from this World Series? It's not a baseball lesson. It's not a uh, question of, of that series. It's more of a prediction lesson. And the lesson is, is that sometimes no one has a clue as to what is going to happen in sports. And this is a perfect example of that. Most people thought the Astros were going to win the series. Astros lose the first two games. They go on the road. They win all three. Uh, You know, this is what sports is about. It's about trying to figure out what is going to happen. But when the unexpected happens, that's what makes it so much fun. Can the Astros win game six and win it all behind Justin Verlander? I would assume that is the case. But we don't assume anything based on this specific series. This thing could certainly go seven games and keep us engaged and excited all the way to Wednesday night. But let's just keep a reminder. Sometimes things happen that you can't predict. And indeed, the World Series in 2019 is one of those cases. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia, for putting this show together. Thanks again to my co-host, Joe Pizapia. Joe and I will be back tomorrow at noon Eastern for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Until then, enjoy the Monday night football game, the NBA and the NHL. Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto are up next with Full-Time Fantasy. I'm Craig Mish. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great day, everybody.